somebody said amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm very glad to be in church tonight. So glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. So glad you're here. Amen. God has already done some amazing things. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God has already done some amazing things in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. How many know the hand of the Lord is upon this church? The hand of the Lord is upon this church. Amen. It's not because who the pastor is. Amen. It's just it's because of your, your love for the things of God, your submission to the things of God, your heartbeat for the things of God. Amen. So I thank God for that. And um, the Lord has been talking to us these last uh, few services about our need to get connected to the body of Christ. Get connected to the body of Christ. Um, so just just turn to your neighbor and say, you, you got to connect with us. You got to connect with us. Got to connect with us. Now, here's the deal. If you've gone to this church for any length of time, you know, a, a couple of years, and if you haven't, I'll explain to you. But uh, the, the way God speaks to us, this local church, is that I, I very rarely uh, preach or teach in series. Very rarely as far as planned series. Very rarely do I plan a series. But what happens is that uh, when God is wanting to take our church to a place we've never been before, what happens is, and we've learned this over the years, that he'll, he'll just give me a message. I'll, I'll, maybe I just feel like it's for just a Thursday night or a Sunday. It's a standalone message. But then he won't, he won't give me a release from that principle. And, I'll, and, and he'll continue to talk to me about it. And so we'll deal with it the next service. And then he won't release me from it. And we'll deal with it the next service. And sometimes this goes on, you know, three times, four times. Sometimes it's been a little bit more than that. What you all laughing at? And so it is that um, this is one of those moments, okay? Now, tonight might be the last time. I believe this is the, the, the fourth time uh, that we've talked about this, third or fourth time. And, uh, but I, I do believe it's because the Lord is wanting to take us to a place, uh, this church specifically to a place we've never been before. Now, how many want to get there? But how many know the reason why we're, uh, we, uh, anybody doesn't get to a place uh, where the Lord wants them to be is because there's a revelation that they need to know in order to get there. If you already knew what to do to get there, how many know you would have already been there? If we as a church already knew what it took to get there, we would have already been there. And so the Lord in his love and in his grace and in his long-suffering understands and says, hey, I want to I take you as a church to a higher place. I want to take you to a dimension where, uh, that you've never been before. But in order to do that, you need revelation. And revelation advances God's people. Revelation advances God's people. But it's not just understanding that advances us. It is the submission to the revelation that advances us. Amen? Because how many know you can know something but not be submitted to what you know? And if you're not submitted to what you know, you're never going to get to where God wants you to be. And so 
I, I wanted to say that for uh, maybe those of you that have recently connected with us uh, so that you kind of understand uh, the seriousness and the gravity of what is taking place in these last couple services because God is truly wanting to take us someplace that we've never gone before. And so I want to encourage us as a body to make sure we are listening to what the Holy Ghost is saying and that we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, but that we are also willing to become obedient and submitted to the word of the Lord. Somebody said amen. And so it is, I want us to look at this again now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free. We've all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but it is many, many members make up the body. And so it is that we see that when we are saved, when we have repented of our sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are placed into the church. But we're not just placed into uh, a, a group of people. We're not just haphazardly placed into a, a, a conglomeration of individuals. But we are placed specifically into the body of Christ. Am I right about it? We are placed in a very specific role, a very specific uh, place. We are a specific member of one body. Right? And so we know that God uses the body of Christ to carry out his will. We are in essence his hands and his feet and his mouth and his voice. But we also know that the hands do not act independently of the head. The feet do not act first without being instructed by the head. We know that just as the head of an individual controls the body in the natural, so also it does in the spiritual in regards to the church. For the book says this in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man. We talked about that on Sunday. And the head of Christ is God. And so we see that the head overall is God, right? The head overall is God. And so from, from the center, from uh, he, he's the center from which all movement is controlled by. He's the center, the head, from which all uh, action is dictated in the church or in the body of Christ. The movement in the body of Christ is to be uh, sanctioned, directed only by God and God alone. Now, I've never felt more deeply about this than what I do uh, and have been uh, today because I do not want church services, worship services, prayer meetings, or altar services that are not led by the Spirit. He's the head. He's who leads. I'm getting more and more passionate about this every day I live. But I do not want anything that happens in here to be done outside of the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I, I, I've been to other churches, and, and this isn't commentary on other churches, but I've, I've been to some places where I've been frustrated. 
because it's not the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I, I can't control what some others do, but I refuse to pastor a church that is led by talent. It's led by ability, led by a schedule, led by what time it is, led by the wants or the wishes of carnal people. Hear me, I'm doing my best to not allow the pastor to control what happens around here. Or the leaders to control what happens around here. Or the saints to control what happens around here. Or the guests to control what happens around here. Or the clock to control what happens around here. For I want the Spirit of the Lord to control what happens around here. Oh, hallelujah. I want the leading of the Holy Ghost to tell us what to do and when to do it and how to do it. I want prayer and the leading of the Holy Ghost to give us direction for what he wants us to do next in the house of the Lord. I don't want to just be a spirit-filled church. I also want to be a spirit-led church. I mean, no, you can talk in tongues and not be led of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to just be a spirit-filled church. I want to be a spirit-led church. Oh, hallelujah. And the only way we're going to see what God wants us to see is if we are allowing him to give the direction that he wants us to go. It's the only way we're going to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish and see what he wants us to see is if we are following his leading and his guiding and his directing. And how many know the only way that's possible is if we know what his voice sounds like? Oh, Hallelujah. Because you cannot be led of the voice of the Lord if you don't know what the voice of the Lord sounds like. You have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. How many know you know what his voice sounds like? Because you spend time talking with him. And not just doing all the talking, but doing some listening as well. And when you hear his voice, you get more comfortable and more knowledgeable of what his voice sounds like to you. And then that's when you're able to be led of the Holy Ghost and led of the Spirit of God. I mean, know that when you have a real relationship with him, you don't care how long church lasts. <laughs> because it simply means you get to spend more time with the one you love. And if he's directing and he's leading, I'm not saying let's just draw it out and have long services just for long services sake. I'm saying if the Lord is leading us and the Lord is directing us and the Lord is saying I want to do more and the Lord is saying I want to direct you here and it goes past the clock when we might normally get out of here. How many know it says it doesn't matter to me. I want to be led of the Holy Ghost. I have nothing more important to do than to be led of the Spirit of God. Come on, if the Holy Ghost is leading me, what is more important than being led of the Spirit of the Lord? Somebody said amen. And so it is that we need to uh, submit ourselves to the teachings of the Word of the Lord. It's impossible to be able to hear the voice of God if we're not submitted to the Word of God. You can't hear His voice in prayer if you're not obedient to His voice in reading this. Am I right about it? And so we have to make sure that we have a relationship with the Lord. We need a pastor and leaders and teachers and youth workers and praise singers and musicians and ministers and saints of God that have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Because we've got to be led of the Spirit. 
Let me show you, let me show you how you can know individually and how we can know collectively that we are being led of the Spirit. This is, this is a good litmus test, if you will, of to know whether or not we are being led of the Spirit. Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 14. I appreciate you coming to Bible study tonight. Isaiah 63 and 14. As a beast goest down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So didst thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. Notice, he said, you'll know that you are truly spirit-led when it's his name and his name alone that's being glorified. See that? He said, as the beast goes down to the valley, the spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. And so he, he led that to a place of rest. So did thou lead thy people. Holy Ghost, lead us. And when you lead us, you lead us for the purpose of making his name glorious. That's the purpose of him leading us is so that his name will be made glorious. Not our name. If we're wanting people to know our name, if we're wanting people to recognize our talent, our abilities, if we're wanting people to remark about that which we have done in the service, then it's a sure sign that we're not being spirit-led. Somebody said amen. Oh, hallelujah. You may have talent to play an instrument. You may have talent to sing, you may have talent to speak, you may have talent to lead, you may have talent to minister in some form or fashion, but if you're doing it so that people will know your name, then that's a sure sign that you're not being spirit-led. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And, I, and I'll just, I'll take it a step further that there are certain uh, requirements and expectations that we place uh, specifically upon what happens on the platform and, and who is on the platform. This is sacred territory now. The whole room is sacred unto the Lord, but the platform is a sacred thing. Am I right? It's a sacred thing. And so it is that we've placed high expectations because we desire to have a move of the Holy Ghost and for the Lord to lead us and guide us and direct us in every service. And we want, we, we're, we're not, I'm not interested in music for music's sake. Oh, hallelujah, you know I believe in the ministry of music. But the Bible didn't say my house shall be called a house of music. It said my house shall be called a house of prayer. If you can't get here early for prayer, you probably shouldn't be playing the music. Hallelujah. Is that all right? Because it's not about talent. It's not about talent. We've had very talented people that have left the church because they wanted their talent to be seen. They wanted their talent to be known. They wanted to get up and do this, that, or the other, and they got frustrated when, uh, you know, when, when we placed some expectations, some spiritual expectations upon them in order to get them to a place of a, a, 
a depth of the Holy Ghost, a depth of the presence of the Lord, so as that when they would sing or that when they would play, it would be more than just talent, but that it would be anointed and the presence of Almighty God could be able to flow and to move and for, so lives and hearts could be touched. I have, I have no desire. I, I have no desire to sit in a room and music and worship is, be, is, or music is going forth and we're just sitting there clapping and singing the words and, and every, the harmony is great and the beat's great and, and the talent's great and all that stuff's great, but I feel zero presence of the Lord. I have no, I have no desire for that at all and I don't ever want that to, to happen in this church. We fought too many things and, 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 and we've gone too far and we've made too many any sacrifices. So if you're wanting to be able to be used on the platform, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but if you're wanting, if, if you already are on the platform or if you're wanting to be used on the platform, you have to understand there's a high expectation we play. You can't just live how you want to live and, and minister on this holy sacred ground. You can't just do whatever you want to do and say, well, I'm talented or, or that's something I like to do and so I want to be able to do it and, and still live how I want to live and do no sir, no ma'am. I'm here to tell you something in the Holy Ghost. If you want to do it unto the Lord and you want it to be ministry unto the Lord, there's a very high expectation that the Holy Ghost is going to place upon you and that we're going to place upon you. Why? Because we want to make sure that as it's going forth, there is power in it and there is an anointing on it because it's not about talent. It's about anointing and anointing comes through relationship relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I was preaching somewhere, <coughs> saying in my notes, but just thought about it. I was preaching somewhere, and uh, I got done, and I called for the musicians, called for the piano player, and he sat in the back. <laughs> that was my first, should have been my first red flag, piano player sitting in the back. Thank you. And uh, I, I said, you know, brother piano player, if you can, if you can make your way to the front, and uh, he doesn't budge, doesn't move. And I'm all right. And so I'm preaching. It's a Holy Ghost crusade. It's a Holy Ghost service, and uh, he doesn't move. And so I got to say it again. Can, can can you please come on up? And it was the slowest walk to the front you've ever seen in your life. He gets to the front. And he gets up on the piano. Now, remember, this is a Holy Ghost deal, and, and I'm trying to build faith for people to get the Holy Ghost. Man, I'm just getting after it, and God's about to fall, and people are about to get the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I give the cue for the music, and it was like, dun, dun, dun. I mean, it was the most saddest, slowest song you've ever heard. So I, I looked over, I said, that's the wrong song, bud. <laughs> It wasn't my church. That's not what I was used to. I said, that's a wrong song. Man, it was like daggers from that guy. I said, you need to play something up. And uh, so, so he stopped and he played uh, this up song one time through. And then he stopped and he went back to the sad song. Let me tell you something. This individual, and I found out later, the, the pastor told me later, I don't know why they cowered to this man. And, uh, but they told me later, they were like, no, we, we don't ever tell him to come to the piano. Uh, he just comes when he feels like to come. I was like, yeah, why, why is he still here? Why in the world is he still 
you still allow him on the platform. Let me tell you something. You gotta, we, 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 we fought some stuff that a lot of people don't know we fought around here. Okay? We fought, we fought some stuff. And we made some decisions around here. And that's why we feel what we feel. That's why we experience what we experience. I don't know why I'm staying on this for so long, but if we got praise singers or musicians or leaders, if, 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 if you're doing stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing and you don't have a desire to change and you're up here singing, the only reason you're up here singing is because you think you have the talent to do it. And you want to be on the platform and you want people to see you. Because it's obvious it's not a spiritual thing or else you wouldn't be living like you're living. If this was a spiritual thing and you really had a heart to, 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 to sing and play to the glory of God in order to create an atmosphere, then it would cause your life to be lived differently outside of the church and off the platform. Your life would be different than what it is. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm just saying, and I'm saying it kindly, I think, that if, if, if that's who you are, we need to have a conversation. Okay? We just, we need to have a conversation. Because, and, and we'll, we'll love you, and we'll be long-suffering, and we'll be graceful, and we'll cover you, and pray for you, and love you, but uh, it, it, it's probably best that you're not playing or singing. Okay? For a season of time until you can get your heart right with the Lord. Because we're trying to do something here that's big. And in order to do that, we got to create an atmosphere in which big miraculous things can happen. Oh, hallelujah. And we got to have the people that are helping us to create that atmosphere, especially the upfront people. We need to have those individuals plugged in and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's what it takes to hear his voice and to be led of the Spirit. And we need our praise singers led of the Spirit. And we need our musicians led of the Spirit. And you need a pastor that's led of the Spirit. And you need leaders that are led of the Spirit. And it doesn't, you can't be led of the Spirit because you're talented. You can't be led of the Spirit because you got some abilities. You got to be, only way to be led of the Spirit is to know His voice. Somebody said amen. Let's give Him a hand clap of praise. So again, we see that God is the one that is to be in control of the body. He's the head. And the body is to simply take its cues from the head. Therefore, if the, if the fullness, now give me your minds, if the fullness of authority resides in God, then the fullest expression of that authority will be found in the body. It, it starts here, it's the inception is here in Christ, led of the Spirit, but then the flow of that or what that looks like in reality is going to flow through the body, right? You don't see the thought happening here, you see the expression of that authority of the head operate in action. Am I making sense? When everything is working properly in our physical bodies, then... Once an idea is conceived in the head, 
then it is to just naturally and perfectly flow in the body. Once the brain conceives the idea, the fingers naturally respond to it. The brain conceives it, fingers respond to it. Naturally, easily, quickly. Once the brain conceives the thought, our feet move harmoniously with the message of the brain to whatever it is that is to be accomplished. And so therefore, uh, in the physical, it is most natural for the body to obey the head. It is a very natural, seamless thing. And how many know that it is cause for great alarm when it doesn't? If the body isn't operating seamlessly, perfectly, quickly, with the head and the mind, then something's wrong somewhere. The hand does not fight the head when it is commanded to grab a cup. If it does fight it, there's something wrong. The ear doesn't fight the head when it is commanded to take in sound. If it does, there's something wrong. For instance, all of you have been breathing for the last five minutes. And there's probably very few of you who were even consciously aware that you were doing so. If you have to become consciously aware to tell yourself to breathe, there's something wrong. This is exactly the place, and we'll hit this and we'll move on, but this is exactly the place that God would desire for you and I to be as a church body. For he's trying to get us to a place where our obedience to him and our submission to the head is on such a level where we are in so in tune with his authority that he can ask command whatever he wills and without argument we respond without conflict we respond without kickback we respond somebody said amen there's something wrong when the body has kickback to the head and there's something wrong when the spiritual body has kickback to the head oh hallelujah so it is that God would desire to get us to a place individually and individually makes up collectively where when God speaks to us, we just, yes, yes, yes. Whatever he says, yes. Where we hear his voice and yes. We are submitted to the purpose and the plan of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. But here's the next dimension. Here's the next dimension of, 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 of what we're talking about because not only uh, is this to happen in a healthy body, not only are we to be subject to the mind or to the head, but how many know we are to be subject one to another as well? Oh, hallelujah. And, and this, this isn't a problem in the physical bodies, but it, it can pose a problem many times in the spiritual body. And the reason is because it's difficult for some to recognize in others the authority of the head. Let me explain. Our eyes have the ability to see, but without direction and command from the brain, they would never do what they were intended to do. They cannot act independently in and of themselves. They need the authority from the head to act, right? The eye doesn't choose where it's going to look. The brain tells it where to look. The eye doesn't tell, decide what it's going to focus on. The brain tells it what it's going to focus on. 
So when the brain sends the command or its will to the eye at that point, hear me, the eye begins to act under the authority of the head. So now let's bring this into the spiritual. I I know I need your minds tonight. Let's bring this into the spiritual. For all of us have been placed into a specific part of the body of Christ in order to carry out a specific function. And when we carry out that function, we are not acting independently in and of ourselves because that would be about my name, my talent, my ability. But when we are doing what God called us to do, we are not acting independently in and of ourselves. Rather, we are acting on the authority of the head, which is Christ. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 15. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were the hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God, watch, hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it pleased him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see that we are all different members of the same body and that God has placed us exactly where he wants us to be in order to fulfill his purpose and order to fulfill his plan. So when we do what we have been called to do, we do so because of the authority of the head. This is important. If you are a teacher, it's only because God gave you the authority to teach. If you're a musician, it's only because God gave you the authority to do that particular thing. If you're a greeter, it's because that's where God, the head, has desired for you to be. If you're a singer, it's not because of your talent. It's because you are walking in an authority and a gifting that the head gave you to operate in. And because of that truth, we have to understand that when we submit ourselves to the authority of another member, we are actually accepting the authority of God. Oh, hallelujah. But when we are not submitted to, the, to another member in the body, then we are rejecting the authority of God. We're not rejecting their authority because all authority comes from him. They are only operating in a delegated authority. They're operating in an authority that was given to them. So when we are not submitted to them, we're not rejecting their authority. We're we're rejecting his authority. Let me illustrate it like this. Any part any part of the body. So, you know, we're, we're talking about people that are, you know, we, we don't want to be submitted to other members of the body of Christ. We don't want to be, we don't want to esteem others higher than ourselves or be submitted to another member of the body of Christ. But let me, any part of the body, the physical body, that would desire, it's just somewhat comical, but it's, we got to understand what we're talking about. Any part of the body that would desire to be above another member of the body 
would be taking itself out of the very position in which it serves the body. So say the foot, physical body, say the foot says, I don't want to be below the knee. And I don't want to esteem the knee and the thigh and everything else above me. I want to be above the knee. So you take the foot and sew it on right here. The foot has just lost its ability to help the body. Did you get above the knee? You're above the knee. But you are not at all doing what God has called you to do. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want to esteem them. I, I, don't, I don't want to lift them higher. I want to be higher than them. I want to be greater than them. I want this. And so we take ourselves out from where God put us to be. And yeah, you may be above somebody, or at least you think you are, in your own mind, but you have discounted the very place where you are going to benefit the body of Christ the greatest. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody said Amen. See, that's why the book would say this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. It, 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 as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Every one of us need the role that the others of us play. For without everybody else, we will never be able to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Without you doing what you've been called to do, I can't do what God called me to do. And vice versa. So it is by way of fellowship and by way of connection, all the members of the body of Christ can be my authority. That is why we esteem all others higher than ourselves. All members in your place in the body are the authority over all other members. Because nobody can do what you do. There's one pointer finger. And there's nobody else, there's no other part of the body can do what that finger does. No other eyes. There's no other ears. There's no other part of the body that can hear. No other part of the body that can see. So we've got to submit ourselves to that part of the body because when they're doing what only they can do, they are authority. Somebody said amen. See, this is so important because if we don't see one another like that, that's when we start tearing one another down. I ain't going to esteem them higher than myself. I'm not going to be subject to them. I'm not going to be submitted to them. See, and, 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 and even right now, some people in the room are like, well, I thought we were only supposed to be submitted to the pastor. Well, yes, you are submitted to the pastor in the pastoral role because that's the role that a pastor plays in the body of Christ. But that's just one role. That's just one point and one place in the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. You see, and when everybody is doing this correctly, 
See, now here's what, this is why it's a little quiet in the room. Because some of you are like, well, man, I don't know, all these people in authority, that just, that don't sound right. And that sounds like that could be chaos. You got all these authority people and on and on and on. The only, the only way it becomes trouble is when those people, it starts to be about them. That's the only time this system that God established, that's the only time it gets messed up in the church is when we mess it up because, bless God, I'm in authority. And you got to listen to me. And don't you know who I am? And don't you know what my position is? And our flesh messes it all up. And what happens is, is a lot of times in the church, we have a knee-jerk reaction. And so, because carnal people messed up a beautiful system that God established, then we've kind of went to the other end of the spectrum or the pendulum to where now it's just, we just we're just submitted to the pastor. And it's just the saints and the pastor and all the saints are subject to the pastor and submitted to the pastor and that's it. He's the only authority. Because some people messed up a beautiful system that God established. And so then what happens? Here's what happens. Then everybody in the church looks to the pastor for sustenance. Everybody in the church looks to the pastor for help and strength and encouragement. But guess what? The pastor can't be that for everybody because the pastor's one member of the body. And no matter how much I may try to help you, there are things that I just don't have. And the reason is because the person you won't submit to is the person who's got the thing you need. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Rima, I'm teaching good tonight. You see? And so this is what I, this is what you guys got to understand something. And I'm just giving you a little background. I, I, I'm, I get calls to go and, and, and preach and teach some of these very principles that I'm talking to you about right now because word has, uh, and I'm, this has nothing to do with me, it has everything to do with you, but word has gotten out into some certain circles of, of the body ministry in this church. And there are, there are pastors that understand that says, hey, we've, we're operating in a wrong concept in our church. We are operating in the concept that the pastor has to do everything. And the pastor has to minister to everybody. And we understand that's not right. We got to get to a more biblical concept of the body ministering to the body. And so first off, I just want to say a great big thank you to all of you who have submitted yourself to the process. Because not only has it greatly affected this church, but it is also more than what you know. It is affecting other churches in our movement because of your willingness to submit to this principle. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So, and where were we? So without everybody else, we're never going to be able to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Oh, hallelujah. This is what Paul, I believe, was talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed? Even as the Lord gave to every man, I have planted... Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. 
So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth anything, but God that gives the increase. Notice, they got the principle right. Paul wasn't saying, I'm the one that plants. Everybody look at me. And Apollos wasn't like, I'm the one that waters, so everybody look at me. No, they had this biblical principle correct. Paul said, yeah, I'm the one that plants. And Apollos says, he's the one that waters. But guess what? When we are submitting ourselves one to another and doing what God called us to do, it puts us in a position for God to then step in and to cause the increase. Paul didn't take credit for the increase. Apollos didn't take credit for the increase. They understand we're just trying to do what God called us to do. We're just doing what our place in the body is. And when we're doing what God called us to do, it releases God to work a work that we could never accomplish in and of ourselves. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. So that's why it is so important that you and I are operating in our God-given giftings and talents and abilities and our place in the body of Christ. And we're doing so not with the desire to, to, to have a name for ourselves, but to simply glorify his name. Because when we do that, and you do that, and I do that, and you, and you, and you, and you, when we're all doing it, it then releases God to give the increase. Uh. Let me show you why this, everybody good? Let me show you why this is so important. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Now, I, you know what, I'm going to skip through this. But just understand something. If we, are, if we are not, if we are purposefully trying to discredit the ministry of someone or hinder them in some way, harm them in some way, Treat them some way so that it inhibits them from operating in their God-given role. You have to understand that you are fighting something that pleased God. Now, I just have to believe that if somebody is operating in a role that God, it pleased God for them to operate, I just have to believe that it would please God when I'm submitted to that. And when I esteem them higher than myself and when I submit myself to that individual, if it pleased God to put them there, then it pleases God for me to be submitted to where he put them. But it also would displease God if I don't. Ooh. So I'm just going to go ahead and try to do what I'm supposed to do to please him because I don't want to displease him. Somebody said Amen. So it pleases him. Ephesians 4, 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted or connected by that which every joint supplieth. See that? I want you to notice. Now watch. From the whole body fitly joined together, compacted, connected by that which every joint supplieth. I want you to see that the supply comes at the place of connection. So that lets me know if I stay connected to the body, I stay connected to the supply. Woo, come on, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Well, Pastor, why are you preaching about the body so much? Because of that right there. 
Because if we don't understand that, we get disconnected from the body. And then we get disconnected from the supply. And then we don't wonder, we, and then we wonder why we're struggling all the time. Why this and why that? And I'm struggling, I'm this and I'm that. And it's horrible and terrible and all this kind of stuff. And there's no supply. Why? It's probably because we are disconnected from the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And I don't, I don't, this ain't in my notes. I just feel it right now. Somebody in the room is saying, well, I would be connected if people would reach out to me. I would be connected if somebody would call me, if somebody would ask me out, if somebody would ask me out for coffee, if somebody would out, ask me out for dinner. I would be connected if somebody would reach out to me. Show yourself friendly. You know what that means? It's telling us that you're not supposed to just wait for somebody to be friendly to you. You be friendly to somebody else. It's a lie from the devil. See, here's what, man, come on, Jesus. He, the enemy convinces us that we are doing right because we tell ourselves we would be connected. I don't have the problem with the connection. The church has the problem with the connection. I don't have a problem being connected. If somebody would call me, I'm happy to connect with them. If somebody would invite me out, I'm happy to connect with them. So I'm not the one with the problem. They're the ones with the problem because they're not asking. And how many know the devil's subtle? And if his lies weren't believable, we wouldn't believe them. And he convinces us that we're right and the church is wrong because the church isn't reaching out and we're not disconnected. The church is the ones disconnected. And here we are disconnected from the very thing that is giving us the source of strength. Hallelujah. Listen, yes, it would be ideal for others to reach out. And that's biblical as well. But it's also biblical for you to reach out. If you have, those that have needs, you find the elder. Is that what the Bible says? You call on the elder. Have him pray over you. It doesn't say the elder go to you. It says you go to the elder. And so you got to get this because that's such a lie from the enemy and it keeps people disconnected from the source. And the whole time they're disconnected, they think they're doing right. And they're not doing right. They're believing a lie from the enemy. If nobody's reaching out to you, you reach out to somebody. Well, I just, you know, I just don't want to bother people. That's a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the devil. That's the whole, listen, it doesn't matter what people's jobs are, careers are, whatever. Their number one calling is to be a witness for Jesus Christ and to, to minister to the body of Christ. They might not be able to just jump and do it exactly right at that moment, but give them a day or two and let them figure it out and they'll set something up. Am I making any sense right now? You say, well, I just don't want to bother them. Everybody's so busy. Everybody's so busy. No, the greatest thing any of us could ever do is to minister one to another because that's what we've been called to do in the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. The book would say it like this, Psalms 133 and verse 1. A song of degrees of David. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments as the dew of Hermon. As the dew that descended upon the Mount of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Even life forevermore. 
Where did he command blessing? He commanded blessing on connection. How beautiful, how wonderful it is. How pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity or connection. And where did he command the blessing? The place of connection. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, is that powerful or what? Everybody good? That's such a powerful statement to me that the Lord commands blessing at the place of connection. If he commands it, it's a promise. I said, if he commands it, it's a promise. That means this, if I stay connected to my brother and my sister in the Lord, if I stay connected to them, it is promised by God for the command of blessing to flow in my life. I don't have to wonder if it's going to happen. I don't have to wish it's going to happen. I don't have to say, well, you know, it would be really great if it happened. No, 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 no. The promises of the Lord are sure, and he's not a God that he should lie. He commands blessing at the place of our connection. That's why he's talking to us so much about being connected, because he wants to raise the level of blessing in somebody's life individually and in this church collectively. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody put your hands together. Give the Lord a praise. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ephesians 4, 16. Oh, hallelujah. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted or connected by that which every joint supplieth. Every joint. So there is to be a supply of spiritual health, strength, blessing, and goodness that is released from every joint or every member of the body. Not some, not a few, but every member. The only way the body as a whole can benefit, listen, from you, the only way all of us can benefit from you or from I is when we are operating in the call of God that is on our lives. Jesus, help us right now. So if we don't know what God has called us to do and we're not doing it, we are hurting the body of Christ. If we don't know what God has called us to do, and therefore we're not operating in that calling, then we need to make that a matter of serious prayer so that we then can know with an assurity, this is what I'm called to do. And you get counsel and you get help and the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom and authority and all this kind of stuff, but this, and 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 it's, and it's, it's confirmed in you, this is what God has called me to do and then we begin to do it and as we begin to do it we then begin to help the body of Christ like never before but if we're not operating in that God calling then we are hurting the body of Christ we're hurting the body of Christ if we're just coming and sitting on a pew and not doing anything not doing a God-called thing, then we are hurting the body of Christ because it simply means that we 
We don't know what it is because we haven't taken the time to figure it out. Oh, hallelujah. So it is vitally important to the health of the whole that individuals know what God has called us to do. Somebody said amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands in the presence of the Lord, shall we? Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can I have a few more minutes? Just a few more. Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working, watch, in the measure of every part. In the measure of every part. This simply means that whatever place the Lord has planted you in the body, he has also given you the measure necessary to accomplish it. You see, now this, this, is, this is important for us to understand. So, you know, the muscle, this, this muscle is, is, is obviously far greater than the muscle in my pinky. Right? But the Lord put the appropriate amount of strength in both places to accomplish that part of the body. The pinky doesn't need this to do what the pinky's been called to do. And for sure, you can't have pinky muscle right here or else this wouldn't be able to do. He measured it out beautifully, perfectly. Oh, hallelujah. So first off, let me just say this. If God called you to do something, no matter what it was, don't question that he also will not give you the ability to do it. And I feel the Holy Ghost now. If God called you to do something, it might be scary, it might terrify you, but if you know God called you to do it, I'm not talking about calling yourself to do it, and I'm not, I'm not saying doing it because you want to measure up to somebody else or you want to be like somebody else because then you're on your own. Oh, oh hallelujah. Jesus, I don't know why I just... There was an individual my dad told me about. This individual, my dad knew good and well. He was in his church that my dad pastored. My dad knew good and well this individual was not called to pastor. He knew it, but the guy was like, no, I want to pastor, I want to pastor, I want to pastor. And my dad was like, no, 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 no. He said, yeah, I'm going to pastor. So he left, he unsubmitted, went and did it. And the very first thing that he did when he got some little small church somewhere, the very first thing that he did was he went out on the church sign and put his name. It was almost like that's what he wanted to do the most. That's what it was for him. 
was just to have his name on a church sign as Pastor So-and-So. He wanted the title. He wanted the position. And as you can imagine, he failed miserably. Because God didn't call him to there. God didn't give him the strength necessary because that's not what God called him to do. So don't do something you're not called to do just because you want people to look at you a certain way. Oh, hallelujah. You do what God called you to do. I'm trying to help somebody right now. You do what God called you to do. And it doesn't matter if somebody else may be doing something that you think is more than you. Don't try to do more because the moment you go beyond what he called you to do is the moment you're going to be in your own strength. The moment you're going, that's the moment you're doing it all by yourself. Oh, hallelujah. And you don't want to do it all by yourself. You want God to give you the strength for it. But if God called you to do something, and it's a God calling, then he's going to measure out the appropriate strength, talent, ability necessary to do it. So when you step into that role or you continue to do that role, you can do so with an assurance that, listen, I know in and of myself I don't have it, but it's not just uh, physicalness here. There's divinity in here, and he has given me the power necessary to accomplish what he's called me to accomplish. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But again, that's why it's so important that everybody is doing what you've been called to do because you have the strength to do it. But if you're not doing it, then that means somebody else has to do what you've been called to do, and they don't have the strength to do both. So it weakens the body because somebody who's given the strength to do this is having to use some of that strength to do what you've been called to do because you're not doing it. That's why everybody needs to know what you've been called to do and do what you've been called to do. Last point and I'm done. Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body. If we're going to truly see the increase in this church. How many want to see increase? How many want to see revival? Come on, how many want to see increase in revival and souls being saved? Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you, let me tell you how we're going to see it. We're not going to see it because of the pastor's preaching ability or lack thereof. We're not, we're, we're, we're not going to increase because of our worship team's ability. We're not going to increase because a few people are watching or everybody else is watching a few people with giftings and talents. That's not what the increase is going to come from. The only way we're going to truly increase as the Lord has promised us as a church is when you and 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 you find out what God has called you to do and then do it with all your heart. And you, when you start doing what you've been called to do, and you and you and you, God gives the increase. And the church begins to grow. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
Now, I'm done. I'm, I, I'm not done, but I'm done. Got some people dozing on me. and We're just going to listen, listen. Let me tell you a case in point, and I'll be done. When my wife and I were gone on sabbatical, the, the, Lord, the Lord's given me revelation about this even then and, and, and when we got back. When my wife and I were gone on sabbatical, we were gone for six weeks, the, the church grew. The church grew. Now, you know, <laughs> in my flesh, you know, I was... I wanted it. I wanted great things to happen, you know. I ain't going to go down that road. But the church grew. You want to know why the church grew? Because this church had to come to an understanding that, hey, pastor's not here. Sister Michelle's not here. We're going to have to make sure we are operating in our God-given roles to, a, to the fullest extent that we've been called to fulfill. And the church increased because the church got a revelation of the necessity of operating in your role. Please. Let's not go backwards just because we're home now or we'll leave again. Greatest revival our church has ever seen is when we're gone. Baby, let's go. The greatest thing we can do for revival is leave. <laughs> but let's not go backwards and, and fall back into that same mentality. Well, okay, pastor's back now, so okay. We can just get back to letting him, you know. Whatever. It's important. This is God is speaking to us that when we operate in our God-given roles, everybody doing what you've been called to do, there's increase. There's increase. Let's stand. Let's stand. I love you, Lord Jesus. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. God, I love you, Lord Jesus. 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 Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for the body of Christ, Jesus. Thank you for the body of Christ, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, if you don't know what your calling is, if you don't know what your purpose is, if you don't know what your place is in the body of Christ, you need to go on a journey starting tonight. Starting tonight, the next couple of weeks in prayer. Oh, hallelujah, to figure out what it is and let God speak to you clearly. Then get counsel and let it be affirmed by authority, confirmed, and then begin to operate in it. I believe there's people in this room right now that God has called you to some things, but you're intimidated at the calling. But the Lord wants you to understand and know that if I called you to that point and place in the body, I'm going to give you the strength necessary for it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.